Hello, my name is Ariana, and my story is not for the nervous ones, because what happened to me is a real trash. But I was able to survive this, and I want to share it with you. Maybe it will help someone. It happened that I never knew my real parents. They died when I was three, and I've never met people who remember themselves at such an age. To be exact, I remember some, but very fragmented things. Like fluffy locks of hair that fit in my fist, the smell of tobacco and engine oil, a quiet, tired voice singing a lullaby. Alas, nothing remained. But I didn't complain, because I thought it was even easier, in the sense that we had kids in the boarding school who lost their parents much later, already at 10, 14, 16 years old, and they were broken. But I'm okay. Yeah, I lived in a boarding school. A small one, but a pretty nice one, if this word applies to such institutions. Our teachers were good, but demanding, so if you don't mess up, you get sweets. But you flew in, it's your own fault. Probably fairly, I don't know, but I wanted something else. For all boarding school kids, we had one common desire, and one common fear, foster families. Everyone wanted to get into a foster family, and finally find out what parental love was. But the rumors about this phenomenon were extremely controversial. Someone who came back said that it sucked, and someone even described all sorts of horrible things. It's clear that the versions of those who have taken root and remained there haven't reached us. So, it turned out we all really wanted to get into a family, but we were very afraid to. What if we weren't lucky? What is it like living and knowing that you're not suitable? Just turned out to be unnecessary? Well, that sucks. I tell you honestly. I was unlucky for a very long time. They didn't choose me because of a little specific appearance. No, I'm not some kind of freak. Don't think that. I'm just mixed race. Apparently, one of my parents was African, but I don't remember. So I have quite dark skin, and my face isn't a European one. People actually rarely take such kids, as they want the kid to look like them, like it changes something. But at 14, I got lucky. Or to say, here in fact, there are two sides of the coin. They took me to the family, but not for adoption, but for patronage. This is such a relationship when one family has several adopted kids at once, and they receive money for this. That is, the same boarding school, only with fewer kids in our own bedroom, if you're lucky. In fact, this family wasn't bad. The elders didn't cash in on us. There was nothing like this. Even no special requirements. Only some casual rules like cleaning your room, going to school, and no hanging out late. But there was no family. Mom didn't kiss us at night. Dad didn't teach us how to ride a bicycle. Nothing that parents and kids usually do. And I was just a teenager, so I tried to rebel. Then it seemed to me, what's the difference between here or a boarding school? All the same, which means I'll behave the way I want. Well, the result was logical. They sent me back, so I wouldn't embarrass the rest of the kids. Then there was a couple of unsuccessful attempts when others took me and returned me. And then they happened. A terrible family of farmers of which only six adopted kids were normal. Mother, father, and their three biological kids were real freaks. 
I have no words to get around it. But in fact, this was not immediately apparent. At first, the idea of living in fresh air seemed even tempting to me. Kind of like summer camp. I discovered later that there were a lot of kids there. And basically, they were the most trivial, cheap kids' labor on the same farm. Of course, it wasn't their own kids. These comrades. We called them Jake and Mary. They loved and cherished their own kids. But they really mocked the adopted ones. But first things first. On my 16th birthday, the boarding school principal solemnly announced to me that a new family had come for me. They looked, by the way, like gentle and well-off people. They came in a brand new pickup truck. Such simple village guys. A mother, a father, and two ten-year-old kids. They said they just wanted to help the orphan. And that I'm so thin. I would definitely get better on rural life. Then, of course, there was a shock when I saw many more kids than those two. But at first, everything was fine. Every day a check from custody called in. But there was simply nothing to complain about. Everyone was sleeping in their comfortable rooms. Everyone had simple but new clothes in their closets, textbooks too, and everything we needed. They had cattle for slaughter, and really tasty things from the garden. It was paradise, actually. And then the guardianship service stopped coming, and the first cultural shock happened to me. Turned out, these rooms and things are just for the checks, and we orphans aren't allowed to live in the main house but in a hut next to the pigsty. Seriously, it was a one-room hut with seven beds in a row. Everyone was supposed to have a bedside table, two sets of clothes for the season, and many, many... punishments. For no reason. We could only take a shower once a week, and in a summer shower. For those who don't know, it is a booth right on the street, with the water in the tank usually filled by rain. Now imagine all this fun in winter. The toilet was also outside. Just a hole in the ground. We weren't allowed to go into the main house at all. I left my things there. A good phone, clothes, cosmetics. They took away everything and said I no longer needed it. The food turned out to be even worse. They fed us once a day. And honestly, what we fed the pigs looked many times better. Eating this was impossible, but we ate because there was simply no choice. I must say, there were absolutely no kids in their family. Only teenagers, 16 and older, because Mary didn't need problems. Why were we all there? To work. To work hard on this terrible farm for the benefit of Jake, Mary, and their offspring. At dawn, we went to the animals, fed them, cleaned them, then stomped into the fields and looked after the harvest until the evening. In the evening, we again fed and cleaned the animals, then ate and fell asleep exhausted. They didn't let us go to school. Anyway, they didn't let us out of the farm. I don't know how they arranged that one with the authorities. Most likely, they said that the kids studied at home or something like that. We also didn't particularly talk with each other. I was stupid once. At first, I didn't even try to rebel, because I wanted to eat, sleep, and warm myself all the time. There was no central heating in the hut, and it was really cold. Then, when I came to my senses, it turned out that work isn't the worst nightmare. As I said, this sweet couple had three kids. 
Three monsters who were responsible for my first nightmares. As if everything else wasn't enough. They mocked us. They would drench our beds with water, spit on a plate or push us, when one of us was carrying heavy buckets of animal feed. Of course, we couldn't say a word, because we were immediately punished. Allegedly, we ourselves were to blame, and nobody wanted to be punished. I can't describe everything here, how we were tormented. Mostly Mary raged. Oddly enough, seems like she was a woman, a mom, but she was also the cause of my gray hair. And those nightmares don't belong to her kids. And she also encouraged the whole family to humiliate and torment us. So she got the reputation of a sadist. The most harmless thing was to take away our food, forbid us to wash, and extra hard and terrible work. There was also being locked in the stable with pigs. With heavy, smelly, hungry pigs. I read the Italian Mafia got rid of unwanted people this way, and we survived, but with such punishment meant a night without sleep, in attempts to stay on a thin beam under the ceiling. Moreover, during the checks, we all urgently washed, settled in beautiful rooms, and pretended that it was like this all the time. Apparently, someone warned them in advance, otherwise how would you explain such a discrepancy? Do you know why we were silent? So, I don't know. But the brain in those moments was like mush, and the mouth refused to obey. I suspect that something had been added to our food or water. In this mode, two years passed, and it's still not known how many more would have passed. But they didn't take into account my desire to live. I'm like a cockroach. I'll escape during a nuclear winter, and then I'll bite the rest of the cockroaches. That's what our principal said about me. If this family thought they would break me, they were sadly mistaken. According to the law, at 18, a person has the right to choose where they live. Well, I ran away, and then went to the police, and demanded that I be spared the society of this family. And then there was a big scandal. It turned out that these people had some papers about my supposed incapacity. And I still thought, why the oldest guy was 25, if not more, why didn't he think to run away? But me, not them, began to yell that I knew my rights, and demanded an immediate re-examination. In the end, they had to roll back, and pay me all the compensation for two years. They tried to frighten me with the fact that if I told anyone the truth, they would send me to the pigs, and this time without a beam. But in vain, of course. I don't know, maybe they believed in their impunity so much or something. But I didn't stay silent, and I went straight to the TV stations with my story. Personally, I already had nothing to fear, and I didn't want to save the rest, like they were to blame. Who prevented them from doing what I did? But even the thought that they would bring in someone else raised up a healthy panic. So, I told the reporters everything, and unlike the guardianship service, these, along with the police, rushed in without any warning, and the whole country recognized its heroes. Jake was imprisoned for 12 years, Mary for 35. My testimony and the results of the examination of the other guys helped a lot, and at first, they wanted to give the imprisonment terms vice versa, but I insisted it was Mary, who was the one to blame for most of the terror, and I'm fine now.
Of course, I still have many things to cure and fix, but most important, I was able to protect myself and other kids, and that's all because I didn't break and I didn't give up. Write in the comments if you've ever come across something similar. Like me for my courage. Be sure to share this video with your friends if they need some help or motivation. And always fight, even when it seems to you that everything is over. Because while you're fighting, you're still alive.